Are you ready for some more XFL? I know you are. Welcome back to XFL Extra, the podcast brought to you by XFLboard.com. I'm your host, Mark Nelson, and this is our 37th episode. With the XFL under the new ownership group of Danny Garcia, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, and Jerry Cardinal of the Redbird Capital Group, the league is planning to kick off in 317 days on 18 February 2023. Meanwhile, fans who are awaiting solid news of league progress were excited to hear the league planned a big announcement today. However, once the announcement was released, it consisted of a new league logo and a description of the overarching tenets of the league. While the league's overall plans seem exciting and curiously ambitious, the lack of real information had fans perplexed. In this episode, I spoke to Greg Parks. Greg is a correspondent with XFL Board, and if you visit the XFL Board discussion forums, you will be sure to read his posts as he is very active there. Greg is also a prolific wrestling fan, and you will find him as a podcast host and columnist on Pro Wrestling Torch, pwtorch.com. Greg spoke to me about the new XFL logo and the possibilities of which cities will be involved in XFL 2023 and the pool of coaches the XFL might hire. Also, we talked about the possibility of XFL 2023 being held in a hub city. Is this possible? What are the pros and cons? I call this episode Serenity Now. It's about football fans having the patience to wait on the XFL leadership to make some anticipated announcements. Are you ready? As usual, we won't waste any time. Let's get started. I'd like to welcome Greg Parks. Now, it's been a while since Greg and I have talked, hasn't it, Greg? It has. I actually went back just before we started recording, and I hadn't been on since August of uh, 2020. Uh, Right. Right. About the time, you know, I think we were talking about Danny Garcia and Dwayne Johnson buying the XFL. I mean, that was that was the last big news piece we had to talk about. And so it's been almost two years, uh, over a year and a half. Yeah, it has been. I mean, there's been times there's been things to talk about. But really, really, we've been waiting for something to talk about, haven't we? Oh, we got that today. <laughs> right, right. We got that today. Now, I have to ask you. We're still 317 days until XFL kickoff, uh, determined to be 18th of February, 2023. Are you excited about the XFL? I think I'm always excited about the XFL uh, and the possibilities. Um, I think today today was um, (laughs) – it it didn't get me any more excited, I'll say that. But I don't know that it substantially lowered my excitement level – you know, nobody is going to watch or not watch a football league because of the logo. And I know people are making a big deal about it and jokes are being made about it and, and perhaps rightfully so. But in the end, the reason it's being discussed is really it's all we have to talk about right now. There is not a lot of substance to the league right now. There are no cities, there's no players, there's no um, teams. So there's no, there's nothing. So this is what all of our attention is focused on. Uh, so I think it, it's important as we go forward to be able to separate the signal from the noise, right? And and so to me, the logo is just the noise. It, it's it's ultimately doesn't really have a bearing on the product itself. 
Um, it can tell us a little bit about the mindset of ownership, perhaps. And maybe that's where people can kind of look at it and say, geez, if this is the best they can do after almost two years of owning it, this is the, the logo they came up with, you know, what are their other choices going to be like creatively going forward? And, and I get that. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I think there's a lot of people frustrated by the corporate speak in the press release. Uh, nothing new. I mean, this is whenever Danny Garcia has done an interview, whenever she's posted to social media, same with Dwayne Johnson. A lot of the stuff that's been in, that was in the press release today has been discussed uh, by Garcia and Johnson about what they want this league to be. So there were really no surprises there. And, and honestly, nothing that they wrote in the press release, to me, is all that different from what the XFL has always been about, whether it's the 2001 version of the league or the 2020 version of the league. They've put a focus on innovation, which we've seen across the two leagues. Uh, they put a focus on diversity, which you know we saw certainly with the 2020 version with the number of African-American head coaches, with the women in uh, positions of power as team presidents. And really we saw even in XFL 2001 where we had uh, you know, African-American head coaches at a clip that uh, bested the NFL at the time. And, and so um, diversity has always been something that seems to have been a focus of the XFL. And you know, the opportunities for the players, being a player first, a fan first league is I think something that has, uh, you know, come through in the other two versions of the league as well. Now, those two versions may not have laid it out this explicitly in a press release the way we saw today, but you know, for fans who are leery about what this XFL is going to be like and what it's going to represent, I think what we saw today in that press release is pretty consistent with what the XFL has always been about. Yeah, so the, the logo was the only new thing when everything else was was uh well it was a clarification of their direction but it was it's not wasn't it's not really new to us is it no i don't think so and so that's kind of my the solace that i take from today because i'm sort of dancing around the subject but i was not really a fan of the logo uh and, and that's me being polite about it i guess uh, it, it doesn't you know the black and white the, the just the lack of color the lack of feeling I guess it's very cold, it's very plain, and I get what they were going for with the X, about how it's the kind of the intersection, it's the bringing together of all of these pieces to make one whole league, uh, but I don't know, it just, it, it's going to take some getting used to. Yeah, you know, I just saw before I came on to talk to you that how Axe you know, like Axe Body Spray had pointed out the new XFL logo was slightly similar to theirs. Especially on Twitter with the white letters and the blue and the black background. So I thought they, they, they were joking about it, though. Yeah, um, I was looking around social media and it didn't look like a lot of major uh, mainstream sports outlets picked up on this, which, to be honest, is probably for the best. Because if they did yeah. pick up on it, uh, it would be probably in dunkworthy fashion. Yeah, you know, and that's that's something we never saw with the last XFL. I mean, the first XFL took a lot of hits for their branding, especially the team names and some of the team graphics and logos. The 2020 version of the XFL, they did not take any hits on that. As a matter of fact, one thing that drew, brought, was brought to mind, when Vince McMahon came out 
the original announcement in February 2018, the logo was already there. There was no fanfare about the logo. And the logo was probably put together by the WWE graphics team, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But the logo was just, yeah, this is it. And there was no fanfare about it, was there? No, and you know, to be honest with you, I wasn't a real big fan of the 2020 logo. It was sort of a... Um, the the logo itself was XFL 20, uh, 2001 logo, but just different colors. And I just I wasn't a fan of the color scheme. Like I liked the the placement of the letters and everything like that. Uh, but I didn't really care for the color scheme in twenty twenty. But you know, did that stop me from being a fan of the league? No. Well, okay, so so maybe the new ownership group was not wasn't a fan of that logo either, and so they made a new one. And of course, as you pointed out, that won't stop us from seeing some great football in, uh, next year, will it? I hope not. <laughs> but, you know, it's uh, one of the things that XFL 2020 was really focused on was not being ridiculed like XFL 2001. Yeah. Uh, and they, they seem to avoid that uh, in 2020. So I sure hope that this logo doesn't attract any ridicule at this point in time. Yeah, it the 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 news moves quickly, and the the fact that the XFL announced a new logo today will be out of sight and out of mind in 24 to 48 hours, I'm sure. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll watch the feeds and watch the media and see if anybody decides to take a shot at it. Um, maybe the late night TV tonight might be interesting. I don't know, <laughs> but they but they'll probably miss it. Yeah, I would assume so. I would assume right. this flies pretty far under the radar. Yeah, well, I'm sure it does. So that's a very good point. The uh, <clears throat> I think you pointed out some of the brand pillars they pointed out, like today with the announcement of four brand pillars. One of them was co- co-creation and build a league of culture, a place where players, fans, partners, employees, and communities interact with each other to build a dynamic future of football. I think there's something written into that. I think there's an underlying uh, plan there. To really seek out a way for for players, fans, and everybody to interact greater than we've seen before. Well, I mean, I hope so. You know, um, and that that co-creation, the League of Culture that they talk about, and culture has really been an emphasis of Danny Garcia and Dwayne Johnson in their social media posts. And, you know, we we really don't know what that's about yet. we got a little bit more clarification here, although it's it's very much, again, that, that corporate speak that you kind of have to wait until you see how do they put that into action, because it's nice to, to write all these words on a page, but how does it apply in the real world? How does it apply to this particular football league going forward? So uh, it, it sounds good. All of it sounds good to me. Uh, but it, it's got to be done and it's got to be put out there in a way that fans are going to be receptive to. So uh, that's the part that remains to be seen. That's so true. And it, they really hint, again, the hinting is often maddening, but they really hint at something greater. Because further down, they talk about in um, different forms of interactivity to connect the fans and players in a way unlike ever done before, creating a deeply immersed and personal fan base. Like, wow, that's yeah. that's a big dream, isn't it? It is. And again, you hope that they already have something in mind. You hope that they're using this press release to describe 
in vague terms, ideas that they already have that they're going to roll out at a later date. And not just some pie-in-the-sky hope that, gee, we'd really like the league to be like this, but we really have no idea how we want to do it yet. And I think that's where the frustration comes in after owning the league for so long is that fans are waiting for those specifics. How are you? Don't tell me what you're going to do. Show me. Don't tell me what you're going to do. Show me how you're going to do it. How are you going to make, for example, um, fans and players connected that's going to change the way we experience and engage with the game? Because that's just, I mean, that's corporate speak to most people. Mm -hmm. Um, And so unless you come armed with specific ways that you're going to do that, it just kind of makes people's eyes gloss over. So, yeah, it sounds good. We're ready for it. But what are the what, what's the plan for it? Well, exactly. And I think the idea that people's eyes are glossing over is probably true. So true. And it just makes me think that, well, they're going to come come up with something exciting here. I really and I really hope so, as you pointed out, that they do. And they something new and exciting happens out of this because that would be so cool. Um, you know, I, I kind of have some sort of blind faith in, in some these this ownership group and and uh, people that work behind the rock and, and work with Danny Garcia are very talented and, and in ways ways that I'm not even uh, I'm becoming more familiar with watching uh, seeing some of their work watching their movies seeing what they're doing and seeing how popular they've made uh, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. I mean, that his popularity is unmatched right now, isn't it? Yeah, you have to look at this ownership group and say, well, they're doing something right. And and let me be clear, you know, a, a football league is very different than the media properties that they're involved in, right? What mm-hmm. Danny Garcia does and what Dwayne Johnson do um, is very different than maybe the skill set that it takes to uh, not only create basically from the ground up, but to own and operate an entire football league. So yes, they are very successful people, but it's in a different sort of stratosphere. Now, that being said, their success in those areas, there are some ways that it can translate to Mm -hmm. owning a football league. And you mentioned the popularity of Dwayne Johnson. I mean, the social media followers that he has and the ability for him to reach such a global audience with the message of the XFL is going to be helpful. Um, and, and they have people in the front office who have uh, worked in football before. They have people who have worked in the XFL before, who have experience in basically creating a football league out of nothing or very little. So if they rely on those people and their experiences, then I think this does have a chance to be successful. You combine that with just the drive and the mindset that Garcia and Johnson bring to this uh, bring to this league, I think the ingredients are there to be successful. Um, but sometimes there are things out of their hands. You know, the COVID nineteen pandemic was certainly out of Vince McMahon's mm-hmm. hands when he started up XFL in uh, in twenty twenty. So um, you can make all the right decisions internally, but sometimes there are external controls that uh, you have no say over. So. We, we hope that we can uh, avoid those in XFL 2023. Yeah, of course. Yeah, but you're, I think you and I agree there's some real potential here. And whether they can take advantage of it remains to be seen, right? Yeah, I think so. And, you know, again, we're, we're all getting up in arms about this, about the logo, about the lack of news, again, that was promised. But 
I don't know. I, I, I get the frustration, but when I look at nine months from now, and, and I've, I've used this example before, but are we going to remember how upset people were about the logo? Are we going to remember how upset people were about the time frame that went by without any news? Or are we just going to be excited to get the XFL back on the field with real football with players, with coaches, with these innovations that the league is promising us. Uh, that's the important stuff. And when that stuff takes hold, are we going to remember the consternation that we're feeling, the, the upset feelings that we have now? Um, I hope not. You know, there were times in the XFL in 2020 that we went long periods of time. I mean, you know, from the time that Vince announced it, to the time they took the field was two years. So there was a lot of time where there was uh, long stretches with no news. And I remember yeah. people being frustrated about that too. But when yeah. the XFL kicked off in 2020, how many people refused to watch because they were still mad about not getting any news? Probably not many. So as long as the league makes the right decisions about the important stuff, they don't skimp on player salaries to try to get the best players available. They get uh, coaching staffs that are competent and experienced. They go into these cities and they plant roots down and, and things like that. All of that kind of stuff. They get a broadcast partner that will expose the XFL to audiences of millions and not just some uh, rinky-dink uh, streaming service that no one gets you know that's the important stuff that's what's going to make or break the xfl in the long run right right you so so true so true greg you know what i've already forgotten about the logo i've taken your oh, advice <laughs> taken your advice now one thing about the today's announcement is they they published on youtube and on their website a very glitzy video a very nicely done video and it showed the previous XFL, and it showed, and I I did an, an audit of that video, and it shows all the 2020 teams in that rebrand video. Does that mean we can take away that all those teams will come back? <laughs> I I doubt it. Um, you know, if you think back to if you think back to the logo, sorry, I'm going to remind you of the logo again. I know you said you forgot it. I'm going to remind you of it again. But you know. How many times remember the Rock's weightlifting belt that he got? With yeah. the XFL logo on it? Yeah. Yeah. So he, he bought that belt with the XFL logo on it, completely, you know, I mean he's got stupid money, so he can afford this, but that's not the logo anymore. So Well he'll he, have to get his, his belt relogoed now, I guess. It's probably in the shop. Yeah, and I think there was a glass that, that Danny Garcia had with the old XFL logo on it or yeah. something like that, too. So, was, yeah. I, I mean, they, they've they used the uh, the old XFL logo in post before, and now that that has become irrelevant based on the new logo that was released today. So I, I wouldn't read too much into what teams were featured in that video, uh, although this ownership group likes to play hide the Easter egg, and, and so maybe mm. you found one, Mark. But um, something tells me that just... From a from a pure logistics standpoint, and from um, you know just a I guess a common sense standpoint, um, I don't think I, I think it would be very difficult to bring all of those teams back 
So I do think we'll see some, I mean, we already know uh, based on the reporting of, of Reggie Barlow getting a head coaching job with the XFL and uh, reportedly in San Antonio, right. that San Antonio is going to have a team. So then you have to ask yourself, is San Antonio replacing another team? Are they an addition to maybe get a 10 team league? Um, it's, it's, we don't know yet, but um, we can assume that perhaps it's replacing a, a team that um, we'd come to know in 2020. Yeah, we can assume that. It makes me wonder which team they would replace. But, yeah. I, I mean, we actually don't know. So until they announce it or, or until something new is rumored. It, of course, they, uh, which, if it was a, a Texas team being relocated, which one would they relocate, Dallas or Houston? I mean, both those teams were relatively successful in 2020. So... I don't know which one they would ask for San Antonio or it makes more sense to me to have a, another team in Texas yeah. because there was success there. Now, Tampa Bay Vipers were, I think they were less successful, but would it make, I get a feeling there will be a Florida team in this because of the the interest in Florida from Danny Garcia and the rock himself. Um, maybe it'll relocate. Yeah. I'm not sure. Who knows? We'll have to wait and see, I guess. Yeah, I think you'd want a team in Florida, even if it was not in Tampa, just because of the footprint that that Florida has. I mean, it's one of the largest states, one mm-hmm. of the most populated states. So just from a viewership standpoint uh, for television, if you're trying to draw the most eyeballs to whatever television network is going to air the games, you would want a presence in the biggest states, California, New York, uh, Texas, Florida, uh, maybe not the same cities, but certainly you'd want your footprint in those areas so that, um, you know, you could draw from the biggest pool of viewers in, uh, that are out there. Right. And, and as we know, as we know, I don't even have to say this, really, that St. Louis wants the Battlehawks to come back. There's no <laughs> doubt about that. Um, so and I'm sure Seattle has enough fans to support the Dragons coming back there being um, based on what we know about what happened in 2020. So. It'll be interesting to see if there's any shuffling of the teams, isn't there? Yeah, I would think Seattle, you know, they seem to do well attendance-wise. But, you know, we don't know what metrics that the XFL is making their decision on. We don't know what they're taking into account when they're deciding what teams stay and what teams go. Is it uh, fan interest in that city, whether it's television viewership or attendance at the games? Is it just logistics? Is it maybe they can't get mm-hmm. a lease that's friendly to them and, and one right. of the stadiums in that city, and maybe they'll look elsewhere for that? You know, So there are a lot of variables that could be going into play here in terms of what cities that the XFL um, is looking to, to enter into for the next season. Right, and it, that's a lot of work to get, all that, to get all that to happen. It's a lot of work, and there's a lot of money, a lot of investment. Is that possibly why... There's a rumor that the teams will play at a common location in 2023. Um, I don't know if that would be the case or if it's just a money saving thing. Um, you know, we know that based on reporting, this ownership group did not want to move forward with the league until they got a well-paying television deal. Now, right. They're moving forward with the league. So are we then to assume that they have a well-paying television deal? We don't know. Nothing's been announced yet. Um, it, it does, it 
concerns me that they're already looking at ways to try to save money, if that is in fact the case, if they are considering uh, a hub city like the USFL you know, to try to save on money. Um, but they're also basically costing themselves money because attendance is going to be lower. Uh, you're not going to have, uh, you know, I, I think we're going to see that in the USFL where, you know, they might draw for the first couple of weeks. But when you've got, you know, Philadelphia playing um, Houston and Birmingham, I mean, is that going to interest the people of the city of Birmingham? I, I don't know. No, um, no. So, you know, if that happens in a hub, you're, you're, you're losing out on that hometown feeling. Uh, that people have when they go to attend a game. You're losing out on probably all the merchandise that they would be buying at the venue. So, yeah, you might be saving money in some ways, but you're also losing out on that revenue stream uh, with live attendance and things like that. So um, I, I really don't know what to make of that. It's it's really – that's the that's the news to me that's more disappointing than the logo even because the USFL is playing in a hub – this summer. And so the one leg up that the XFL had on the USFL would be the XFL playing in those home cities before the USFL did. So, you know, USFL might have stadiums that are pretty, you know, the reactions are tepid. There's not that fan enthusiasm because again, you've got Philadelphia and Houston playing in Birmingham. You know, you don't have that hometown crowd there. And that does make a difference on television. That that makes a difference to the viewer in terms of, you know, interest in watching the game, but also whether or not the product is hot. And you're going to have a lot of people tuning in to the USFL and the crowd is going to be sparse and perhaps not as vocally invested. And the viewer is going to get an impression about that product based on that. So the XFL has an opportunity to go into stadiums, into those home cities before the USFL does, because the XFL will kick off in February next year. And I think that would make the XFL product seem hotter in comparison. And if they, pardon my pun, punt on that idea and go to a hub like the USFL did, they're losing that one main advantage to me that they have over the USFL. Right. That's exactly it. I don't think anyone wants a common uh, hub city for the XFL. If if they're not going to do a common hub city, then they're... They, they should be very busy right now getting things organized in, in their, all their uh, planned locations, shouldn't they? Gosh, I would think that they would have done that months ago. They, they've, they've owned the league since August of 2020. One of the very first things they should have done was decide what cities they're playing in. And once they decide that, start negotiating with the cities, start negotiating for leases, start negotiating for stadiums. I mean, this should have been done a year ago. Like the fact that we're even talking about, and it's it, certainly not your fault. We don't know any different, you know. But the fact that we're even discussing the possibility that the XFL could still be in the process of figuring out what cities they're playing in and what locations, to me, is mind-boggling. This far into the process, and so that's sort of where my concern lies about this ownership group and about this league. Is you know, I, I have trust in the people who are running it, but. Just the fact that we don't know where they are in the process is naturally, I think, going to cause some trepidation and cause some worry about just how many T's have been crossed and how many I's have been dotted so far. 
Well, another reason why we didn't need an announcement of a new logo today, we needed some uh, deeper announcements, didn't we? Well, yeah, and, and I think that's where the, the frustration is, you know, not knowing anything about the league. And this is a league that has, um, for all of, of Danny Garcia's talk, has prided itself on, you know, I think she mentioned it a number of times, that, that 24-7 inside access to the league and, mm-hmm. and be, having that 24-7 coverage of the league. And it's ironic that, you know, we're, we're getting nothing about the league and, and no information. And so that's where the worry comes in that you would think that if they had something to announce, they would announce it. And the fact that they haven't said anything, ergo, uh, makes you think that they have nothing to announce. And again, this far into the process, this far into the ownership, uh, 10 months out from the league starting, it's, I understand the concern. I understand people having some trepidation about where this league is in in its building. Exactly. Based on what you said, there's a lot of work to be done. Like, I mean, we know that they're looking at head coach candidates. I mean, that's and because of the rumors we've heard, but that's the only reason why. We should probably start seeing some of those head coach hires soon, shouldn't we? Well, I would think the order would have to be cities and then head yeah. coaches. Right. And perhaps at the same time. I don't know. Perhaps they announce them as a package deal. Um, I would think that you would want to draw that out, though. And you would want the XFL to be in the news as often as possible over the next 10 months. And if you do them all at the same time, you're cutting off an opportunity to create more news by, you know, say, hey, maybe we'll announce four cities this week. We'll announce four cities next week. We'll announce four head coaches in two weeks. We'll announce the other four head coaches, you know, spread it out so that you are constantly in the consciousness of the sports media and therefore the sports fan. If you announce it all at once, all of a sudden you've blown your wad, pardon my uh, language, in mm-hmm. um, in a short period of time. And now right. it's going to go, you're going to go again, a longer period without any kind of news. You know what, uh, it harkens back to the XFL 2020 and in 2019, they started hiring head coaches uh, in January. I think Bob Stoops was hired. So uh, it's already April. Uh, so in comparison, so we're we're uh, four months back of where they were then, but they uh, announced I think in February 2019 that they were going to have all head coaches hired by the end of March. They didn't hit that, and I actually asked somebody in the know with the league once, why didn't you hit that mark? What happened? And they said it was harder to hire head coaches than we thought. Mm. All right, so here we are now. Uh, I mean, is that I'm sure that situation of hiring some good head coaches hasn't changed in the sports world. I'm sure they're going to have a hard time getting the people they want. And keep in mind the um, XFL 2020 and 2019, like they did some special things like they hired Jim Zorn in Seattle, mm-hmm. you know, and they connected a lot of coaches to uh, to the teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm hoping this XFL does the same thing, but I'm I'm not, you know, I, I'm I'm kind of losing confidence that they have the time to do that. Yeah, I, I think, you know, this could go one of two ways. They really don't have all the coaches yet, and that's why we haven't had any announcements. Or they do have the coaches, and they'll announce it when they're good and ready. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> that's that's the other side of it. You know, Reggie Barlow was revealed. Uh, by reporting, you know, when he quit Virginia State, 
right. as a head coach. And that was, what, a month ago now? Three so weeks ago? So he's already quit. So Right. So, like, obviously he's in. But the XFL, yeah. and, and I thought that might, the fact that that was revealed might push the XFL to announce at least that ahead of time. Right. But it hasn't. So, I mean, we know Reggie Barlow is going to be head coach. The XFL hasn't announced it yet. So it's conceivable they have all eight head coaches and they're just waiting for some period in the future to announce it. And so oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that could be the deal. I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know what the date would be. I don't know. You know, hopefully they have a plan. Hopefully they've got a layout of, of how they want to roll this thing out. And they're not just kind of playing it by ear as they go along. Yeah, you know, I I, I agree with you. Uh, although I from previous the previous XFL, almost every one of those head coach hires was leaked prior to. Not every one, but a lot of most of the early ones were all leaked. Whether uh, actually, I don't, I'm not actually sure whether the league, someone in the league, leaked them, but every one of them was leaked in in advance. Uh, the only leak we've had is Barlow, right? And then, yeah, and that's the the only reason we have that is because he had to quit his job. You know, right, that, that right. tells you that the other head coaches may not currently be employed. They're not oh. quitting jobs to uh, go to the XFL. So that could be a tell, too, that you've either got some coaches who are, um, you know, just starting out coaching or who are um, not currently employed by a team or a league. Well, true. Very true. Maybe that's it. And of course, those type of folks are probably easier to hire. And I think there is a lot of coach coaching potential out there that is looking for a spot, right? You know, if you if you frequent the XFL board forums, and I hope you do, because yeah. uh, we have a lot of good conversation on there, that uh, I, I created a thread looking at uh, a lot of coaches who are not employed because it was my it was my opinion that you know a coach is not going to leave a job. Uh, even an assistant to be a head coach in the XFL. I, I just, you know, Reggie Barlow did it, but the fact that we don't have anyone else doing it kind of tells you where the league stands. You know, it's a, it's a big risk um, jumping to a developmental league, especially one that's already gone down twice. Uh, so I think they're going to have to rely on coaches who are looking for work. And so I, I created sort of this template for uh, all the coaches who, mm-hmm. um, are, are not employed name coaches. So names that, that one might recognize if you're uh, pay close attention to coaching staffs in the NFL and elsewhere. So, um, and I filled that up as they got hired. So a lot of, a lot of them did get hired, but you can look at that list and say, you know, I, I just wonder how many, if any from that list are, are going to end up as XFL head coaches. Oh, very good point. Thanks, Greg. So on the XFLboard.com uh, discussion forums, Greg is actually tracking uh, uh, potential coaches for the XFL. Um, take a look if you're interested in deeper uh, a deeper analysis of, of who's out there. Thanks, Greg. Yeah. Let's go past the coaches. Now, with the XFL 2020, um, the coaches were all hired when they did the summer showcases. So I can't imagine this XFL not having some sort of uh, combine uh, events this summer or at some point in time. So do you think that's what they're going to plan to do uh, to recruit players? I think so. Uh, When Danny Garcia posted that picture on Instagram some time ago of the screen that had the upcoming dates for a lot of uh, the the important timeline. For the XFL, uh, that was there, that, yeah, 
yeah, one of them was the the combines that they had slated for the summer. Um, I think it was the news of the partnership with the NFL that uh, may have been Russ Brandon uh, who made the comment that they would be doing combines in the fall. So I don't know if that means. I don't know if he misspoke in, in fall and fall in the summer are the same thing to them. I don't know if the fall combine that he spoke of is kind of an update to that timeline. And instead of doing them over the summer, they're going to do them maybe September, October. Uh, I don't know if they're going to do both. Maybe they'll do some over the summer and some in the fall, sort of a last minute thing for those who were cut by NFL teams. Uh, but I would expect some form, whether it's the summer or, or the waning days of the summer, uh, I would expect something to uh, to take place where uh, coaches and and XFL personnel can get a look at the players who are are going to play in the XFL. Yeah, well, you know that's when things will start getting exciting uh, if they're if that you know when they do start to hold that because hopefully they have their head coaches and and the coaching staff in in place when they start the, that process because um, that seemed to work for the previous XFL for getting some of the best talent. Now, going back to XFL 2001, one of the biggest complaints was that that league never got the best talent on the field. So when XFL 2020 came around, that was a mission of that league to say, we're, this time we're not going to make the same mistake. We're going to get the best talent. And they they did pretty good at that, didn't they? They did. And, and this year, you know, it's going to be a little bit different because they have the USFL, which they're competing for, um, mm-hmm. and they will have a, a year head start. So, I mean, if you are a player, and it really depends on how successful the USFL is this year. If you're a player next fall and you are having to decide between the XFL and USFL, um, the success or lack thereof of the USFL this summer may play a part. Uh, if you feel like they're a, a, if you feel like they're on solid footing and that you know they'll be there for year two and they'll be there in the future, you may decide to go with the sure thing as opposed to taking a risk on the XFL. Um, mm-hmm. But ultimately, I think it's going to come down to pay. Right. right. The the XFL um, has a chance to look at the USFL's pay structure to see what it looks like. It compares very similarly from what I've seen to XFL 2020. So I think, you know, most all things being equal, it's going to be pay. You know, the players want to right. get paid. They, they want to earn money. They want to play football for a living. And yes, ultimately, they want to get back into the NFL. I think if you asked every hmm. player in the XFL and the USFL if they want to get back get into the NFL, they would all say yes. Um, some probably more realistic about that than others. But yeah. NFL is going to scout both leagues, right? So that's not, that's even. So the pay, I think, is really going to be the thing that that puts it over the top. And I don't know, we don't know anything about what the XFL pay is going to be like. Uh, So it's really hard to say, but they do have somewhat of an advantage is they see what the USFL is doing. And if they can better that in some way, maybe not even financially, maybe they can better it with bonuses of, of win bonuses or roster bonuses or whatever like that. Maybe not the, the base salary, but um, maybe if they can, they sprinkle some other um, pay in somewhere else that would make it more attractive to, to players. So, you know, it's hard because we're talking about 
the XFL possibly playing in a hub to save money. And then that concern sort of permeates everything else that the league is doing. Like, okay, if they're so concerned about money that they want to play in a hub city, you know, if that rumor is true, and if that is a serious consideration, how is that going to trickle down to player pay? Are they going to try to skimp on player pay, which then means they're not getting the best players, which then means, you know, they're not getting the best quality of football, which as we know is the key determinant in the success or failure uh, of a secondary football league. So that the reason that's part of the reason why I said playing in a hub is probably the most concerning thing that I heard today more so than the logo is because that saving money part. And it's like, right. Ooh, what, well, what does that mean for basically everything else in this league that costs money to do? Are they going to try and, and, and make shortcuts? Are they going to, so, um, that ultimately, again, going back to, to the original point about getting the best players and, you know, Danny Garcia has made comments before about being competitive, about uh, getting the best players and wanting the best players. So they've at least publicly acknowledged that that is something they have to do. Now, are they going to put quite literally their money where their mouth is on that? We're certainly waiting to see this. And uh, a lot of interesting points that you've made. And, and of course, the competition between the USFL and the XFL for players. Of, well, of course, the AAF and the X, previous XFL competed for players, but it did not hurt the XFL when the AAF uh, folded. Uh, not saying I like the idea of the AAF folded, but that kind of loosened things up for the XFL, didn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely, yeah, for sure. You look at what percentage of players who played in the XFL also played in the AAF. I mean, it was it was not insignificant. Exactly. So very interesting uh, that way. Um, certainly, uh, there's a lot to be done and a lot about players. Now, you keep talking about the money. Now, the money is, I think, the most important factor is the money. Now, Vince McMahon knows how much it takes, how much money it takes to run a football league. He knows this, and he knows that the number is a lot because <laughs> he lost money. And he planned to lose money on XFL 2020, as a matter of fact. He planned to make an investment. And, of course, COVID had something to say about that, and he ended up losing money. Uh, you know, But he it took a lot of money to get XFL 2020 running, didn't it? Yeah. A football league is not something cheap to do, and you can't do it on the cheap and want to be successful. Um, hopefully, you know, the new ownership group had done their due diligence before purchasing the league and they were privy to XFL 2020's books and they could see where the XFL um, was making money and where the league were spending money. And so, you know, this shouldn't be a situation where this ownership group is looking at it and say, wow, this is more expensive than we thought. You know, that, that should mm -hmm. not be the calculus here as we're going through this. So um, again, you hope as, as business people and as successful business people, you know, the rock and, and Danny Garcia and Jerry Cardinal didn't get to where they are today by throwing bad money at things. Um, so you hope that when they purchased the league, they had a plan about how to make it work, how much money it was going to take, how long it was going to take before they started making money and, and everything else involved in that. So, you know, they are, they are smart business people, and, and I want to give them the credit that, uh, that they've certainly earned over the years, but it's, it's hard to do so when we still know so little about uh, their process and their plans. Greg, um, 
let's I think you and I will agree that uh, we're just going to be a little patient here. We're going to wait to see how things play out because that it'll be fun to watch, won't it? It will. And and if you're, you know, whatever device you're listening to this on, if you're about to throw it out the window because we're talking about having patience, <laughs> I, I get it. Look, I get it. I, I I'm I was born with a lot of patience. I'm a school teacher. Like I, I get I have patience coming out my ears. Um, so I can afford to be patient with the XFL because I know that every day that passes, we're a day closer to getting more news. You just have to be. I mean, you, you can't go infinitely when, when you have a date that you want to start 2023. Um, you have to start announcing news at some point. Like you can't avoid that. So I know that it's going to come, but I also recognize that I have more patience than probably the average person. So I'm not going to sit here and lecture people who are frustrated over the XFL and the lack of news. Um, I, I get it. I'm frustrated too, uh, but not to the point where I'm going to say, Oh, I'm not going to watch or, or anything like that. Right. Um, but for sure, I get it. You know, it, it's been, and it's concerning. And, and to me, it's concerning, but I will be more concerned when I see the actual plans and I go, uh Oh, this doesn't seem right. You know, right. Uh, so the, 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 the lack of news isn't concerning as much as it would be if the news hits and it just doesn't, it doesn't seem right. It doesn't seem like it's going to work. So I will, I will save my frustration for if that ever happens. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. You know, I, I, I uh, when the new year came, I, I had, I set a goal uh, to be 30% more patient this year than I have been in the past. That's a good one. Now this, xfl is testing me on this and, <laughs> and you know if there was a meme of a meme of me right now it would be me eating out of a bucket of popcorn because i'm just gonna eat the popcorn and watch what happens uh-huh. and all you can do right i mean it's out of our hands at this point all we can do is sit back and wait exactly exactly well there's a lot to do with the xfl and there's probably much more to talk about uh in the coming weeks and uh i'm i'm it's good to have this podcast and dust off our talk on the xfl and i hope to do this again soon greg yeah i hope too because uh, if we do it again soon that means there'll be more news and we all want that <laughs> exactly well it's been nice talking with you greg thank you yeah thank you mark thanks again to my guest greg parks it was wonderful to connect with you again in this medium I hope you enjoyed today's interview. You are welcome to come back next time, where we will have more guests and more XFL. Until next time, this was your host, Mark Nelson, and I hope you enjoyed XFL Extra, the XFLboard.com podcast. Mm-hmm.